everyone. Thanks for joining us on the GYST podcast, where we discuss topics to help you get your together. Hello, everyone, and welcome again to another edition of your favorite podcast, the GYST podcast, also known as Get Your Shit Together. Thank you very much for joining us, Kyle Reed, today on You're the GYST podcast. Super duper creep mode right now, bro. What's going on with you? My inner self is coming out. I knew it. I knew it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I am Rohit Rohila. And your co-host, Kyle Reed. Man, Kyle, are you ready for this bombshell of a drop? What? Bombshell is, of a drop? Is, well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, <laughs> this is episode 196. 196? That's nuts, dude. Like, so, w- when you were telling me before we started this, when mm-hmm. I asked you how many episodes we had, I was thinking like, I don't know, 182, 183, not, not nearly 200. It's, it's pretty crazy. And I don't know. It just feels like it happened super quick. It feels like it was not that long ago that we were just, we had that big party. We were recording our hundredth episode in front of like 30 people. Yeah. Yeah. Was that around, was that around Christmas time or something like that too? Was that a Christmas party or what was that? Yeah, I think it was. So it must've been January of 2019, I think. Because, by the way, everyone, uh, Rohit is notorious. I don't want to say notorious. Um, well-known, because it's not a bad thing. Is well-known for throwing phenomenal Christmas parties post-Christmas because he recognizes that everyone has so many things going on during the Christmas holiday time. Um, and, you know, resources are spread thin, individuals, cash flow, all that good stuff. So we just, we, we just carry on that Christmas spirit and joy into a good... Uh, a good old Christmas party at Rohit's place post Christmas, and it's fantastic. Yeah, it was January thirteenth, two thousand eighteen. Oh, you looked it up. Oh, you looked at the recording date or launch date or what? Uh, just the pictures from that day. So it's oh, been two awesome. and a half years. So oh, it wow. it takes about two and a half years for us to do a hundred episodes. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, if we if we launch, you know, mostly every week, right, with some, um mishaps here and there or skip a few it's about yeah. 50 episodes a week or a year sorry man that is crazy to think about well are you uh ready to dive into this thing let's do it man cool so ladies and gentlemen today's episode is all about complaining and specifically <laughs> what we're going to do is we're actually going to dive in a little bit deeper into a, a particular a particularity, per- particular, uh, specifically about one aspect of complaining, and that is that we tend to complain to the wrong people. So when we are at home, we're complaining about our work life. When we're at work, we're comp- comp- eh, complaining about our home life. And why is that? I mean, it's, it goes a lot further, I think, Kyle, than just it's easier because, I mean, that's – I feel like that's the safe answer is it's easier to talk to someone uh, there's who can't do anything about it. There's no sense of accountability, but at the same time, is it freeing for us? Like if, if I complain to you about my work life, is it freeing for me to let you know about what I've been going through or is it actually worse for me? Because now I'm talking about the negativities. Ooh, so you're you're yeah. you're saying you're you're realizing all the negativities by talking about them? Um, yeah, that's a good question. That's a good question. I think I think an outlet is important. 
right? So if you don't talk about them, what are they doing? They're bottling up. They're your emotions that are staying inside because you feel a certain way, right? Whether you talk about it or not talk about it, you, you feel that way. But I think if you have an outlet and that outlet is a conversation with someone who is not invested in the situation, um, that could potentially be a healthy conversation for you. I want to be very, very specific. It's a healthy conversation <laughs> for you to have. It may or may not be uh, for the listener. If you, uh, well, you know, you and I both have amazing women at home. Uh, as an example, if every day we didn't like our job and we came home every day and want to discuss that with our ladies to, to vent and get that off our chest, um, and we're ridding ourselves of those emotions and those negative feelings and those frustrations and whatever else that may be, but we're unloading that on an innocent person. Mm -hmm. What does that do for them? Yeah, that's a great point. Because it's in a way it could be bringing them down as well, because now we're speaking about negativity. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, we, we talk about, uh, well, not we, but just in general, when you talk about things such as um, suicide prevention, right? And people say the people that need the most help are the ones that never ask for it, right? Or the ones that always are willing to help. Who is there to help those individuals, right? Is it because, oh. they, bear, is it because they bear others' burdens and they don't ask for help in return? Yeah, because I I feel there is also a little sense of pride behind it. For on what oh, side? Go ahead. No, not well, I understand. just yeah, and where I was thinking about that is, for example, in in my world, in the world of personal development. If you know, I one of the struggles that I've had is. When I read a book, when I attend a seminar, when I do these things, I'm in the mindset now of how can I take this information and help others with it? Mm. And I realized what I was doing was by continuously doing that, here's this phenomenal information that I myself am not processing. I'm not taking any action off of it. I'm just getting in the information to pass it on. And one of the things that actually made me realize that was the 30 day life reset program. So you're a conduit. Yeah. And, and through that, I stifled my own learning. And I think the same thing goes for, you know, suicide prevention, for example, if, if that's my occupation and I talk, you know, I, I really don't know what the numbers are. Let's just say two people a day off the ledge. If, if that's the case, I'm equipped with the training, the knowledge, and the experience to prevent others from doing it. But when it comes time for myself, if I'm feeling suicidal, I wouldn't feel comfortable going to someone else because I'm like, wait a minute, I already know all this stuff. I'm seeing the flags go up. Okay, here's what they're going to tell me anyways. I don't want to seem like those people because you know, maybe behind the scenes – all the people are saying, wow, like, oh, I talked to one person who, you know, you know, I was downplaying or was, was playing up 
uh, this negative thing that happened to him, it wasn't that big of a deal, but they made a mountain out of molehill. And, you know, it, it, you kind of had that water cooler talk. And because that, it could have a negative effect for the people who are working there because now if they need help, they're not going to want to go because of the type of environment that they're around. I don't know if that makes sense. Like, do you kind of yeah. get what I mean? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I, one of the things that comes to mind too when you say that is I think maybe the individual, you, you know, let's say if you were uh, uh, in, in suicide prevention, do you think that you would potentially feel shame that you're this individual that's so equipped to help others that you now have this expectation that you can prevent that, that you may feel shame that you have those thoughts. Like, wait a second, who am I to be doing this job when I can't even prevent myself from thinking this way? Yes. Thank you. <laughs> so I was trying <laughs> and, to get across. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. I, 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 I think, and now we're getting down and, you know, a whole nother rabbit hole kind of tangent on this topic, but, um, I think those things are important, right? So when you talk about who you're complaining to, you're complaining to the wrong person, venting, whatever you want to call it, um, I think it's important to recognize the listener. It's challenging to be a good listener. You and I have a podcast because we are really good at talking. I talk more than most people because I just <laughs> like to talk and I don't know how to shut the hell up. <laughs> But that's why I'm Drink on a podcast. That. That's why I'm on a podcast, man. <laughs> I can give you a platform and I won't shut the hell up. Um, but, but I think it's, uh, again, very, very important to uh, to recognize that. So, Rohit, I'm going to take a quick moment and recognize you and ask you if you're all right. Because you have to listen to my bullshit every week. And <laughs> yes, I just heard you. Yes. You're, you're drinking whiskey. Is that how you cope with me? Oh, you heard that, huh? Man. <laughs> Drinking my water pretty loud today. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because a, a quote that I've said a lot is "Who cooks for the cook?" Ooh, that's that's right in line with this man. Right in line. That's that's phenomenal. Yeah, and, because oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just gonna say I'm just kind of you know I'm still kind of chewing on that uh, on that statement, and I'm taking it literal for a moment, you know, I worked in restaurants for a little bit as well. And I'm sure you did also. Most of the cooks I knew, uh, ate like shit. They didn't take care yeah. of themselves. They wanted to cook their, their customers and their clients and their patrons, the best meal ever, but they would go to fucking Jack in the box. Mm -hmm. They didn't take care of themselves from a dietary perspective and, and what they put in their body, but they were so proud of what they were able to provide their customers. It's kind of crazy. Yeah, it it also goes along the lines of you, for example, right? If you are home alone, what are you going to eat? Probably just something you can make in five minutes. If Emily's there and she's hungry, now all of a sudden it could take you two hours, but you don't care because you're doing it for her. And that's interesting as well. You hear a lot of people say, I don't like to cook for myself. I like to cook for others. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. I think people... Well, I think in, in, in general, uh, we, we want to please people. We're people pleasers, right? Um, what, is that, uh, what is that trait when you do like a lot of leadership training? They call it woo, winning others over. I've never heard of that. Oh, really? Huh. 
Oh, it's kind of, it's not like, uh, uh, I forget what it's called now, but it's, it's some sort of like a, um, a personality type test, right. Or a character trait test or different leadership principles to see how you lead and what kind of leader you are. Uh, and I remember Wu being one of them. It was winning others order over. And it was essentially that, right. Is you, uh, you're a people pleaser. You want to satisfy others. And I think that comes into play there as well. Yeah. But maybe that's where this complaining comes from. We satisfy people at work. We satisfy people at home. And we complain to the people at home about the people at work that we satisfy. And we complain to the people at work, or sorry, <laughs> complain to the people at work about the people at home that we satisfy. And when are we satisfying our own needs? Okay, so so here's here's the thing for you. Do you think that maybe we are complaining because it makes us feel good? So if if you and I get together and I'm like, oh, Kyle, like I hate where I work. Here's what's going on. My manager's an idiot. Like, you know, all this kind of stuff. I'm trying to get across to you that it's very difficult to do what I do. And the fact that I put up with it maybe I'm trying to feel a little bit better about myself. Oh, okay. Okay. I see the direction you're going with it. When you initially said this, I was taking it the, like the put down route or the disparaging route, right? You, you like people that put down others to make themselves feel good or disparage uh, others or, or other organizations to make them look better. Right. I was looking at it from that lens. Um, but when you take it from that point of view is to say, Hey, look at all these things that I have to put up with these challenges and obstacles. And I still do it. Yeah. Um, do you think, do you think that people do that to verbalize it, to remind themselves because they're feeling beat down? It could be, uh, it, it, it could be a, a way to kind of express things to gain a different perspective on it. You know, I'll, I'll put up with it, but, you know, I've kind of shared this with enough people and everyone's saying that this is a really bad situation. So maybe it's not just me. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough. Um, you know, I think I think an outlet is important. Um, discussing things and getting things out in the air. If you if you hold things in too long, man, then you end up, you know. Who knows? Doing doing something crazy, right? We see things on the news every single day now. Um, you, so you got to have an outlet, but I think maybe it's important for that individual. Well, actually, let's rewind a little bit. Okay. I would I would maybe ask then where are we going with this? So when we talk about this topic, you're complaining to the wrong person. So for me saying, well, you got to have an outlet, that's me justifying complaining to the wrong person. Mm -hmm. Right? So I look at it from that lens. That's me just justifying this statement. Yeah, I know I'm complaining to the wrong person, but I need an outlet. I got to get this off my chest. What do you want me to do? Right? Let's flip that around. Why? Why do we complain to the wrong person? So we're discussing that a little bit now. I think... I think the crux of that statement is because the vast majority of individuals are non-confrontational. And if you complain to the person who can do something about it, you are welcoming, whether you like it or not, confrontation. 
confrontation does not always have to be negative or or tense um but you have to be prepared for it you have to be prepared for altering point of views altering perspectives and whether you agree or disagree with them i think you should be open to listening to them uh or else you're not going to have any growth so do you think i think this is this is this is two-sided here i still think an outlet is good but i think maybe the presentation of the complaints by the individual should be prefaced with something and then you you maybe think about how to address those complaints with the right person and create a plan for that i'm almost following you you kind of you kind of lost me a little bit would you kind of uh... <laughs> yeah yeah where did i lose you what do you what have you gathered from that what well, could you could you just what you said before and in, in like a 30 second 30 seconds what the fuck <laughs> <laughs> i think so uh really quickly then the statement itself you're complaining to the wrong person right so mm-hmm. me saying that well we need an outlet right is essentially just justifying this statement it's just saying yeah of course i am because i need to vent i need to get this off my chest i need to remove these negative feelings and thoughts and emotions but if we take this question and we flip it around and we ask, how can we complain to the right person? I think the problem is, is that most individuals are non-confrontational. And whether we like yeah. it or not, if we complain to the right person who can do something about our complaints, then we are we are introducing and welcoming a confrontation that we may or may not like. So maybe we- it's equipping people how to deal with confrontation. And in a way, if we speak to someone who can do something about it, aren't we then giving up our ability to play the victim? Well, of course. Duh. Yeah. Because <laughs> now you can do something about it. You, you, you can't just sit there and say, woe is me. Yeah. And and I think that's, that's something, too. It, because... It, that this is one of the reasons why I like our episodes is I feel like we can really dive in deep beyond just the initial stuff. You know, initially you would think, oh, people are just complaining because they like complaining. It gets stuff off their chest. But what is the real reasoning behind it? Mm-hmm. If and and I was thinking about this. If I speak to you about how horrible my manager is, then. I continue to play the victim role and I feel safe in knowing that. But all of a sudden, if I, a non-confrontational person speak to my manager and I say, look, these are the things that you're doing and this is how it's negatively impacting me. Can we find a way around it? I'm tackling it head on, which now means it's outside of my comfort zone. Whatever the solution is, is outside of my comfort zone because that is not the current solution or sorry, that is not the current situation. So now maybe it goes back to sitting on nails for a little bit too. I know how horrible my manager is, but if I don't say anything, you know, I I can put up with it. I know what to expect, 
But if I say something, then maybe they'll retaliate or maybe I'll get more work done or maybe it's just not going to be a good work environment. Maybe I have to look for another job. All those questions start popping up. And so I I think that might have a little bit of something to do with it too. It, you lose that sense of being the victim and now all of a sudden you're faced head on with accountability, which is something we shy away from innately. Mm-hmm. People don't want to look at themselves. Hmm. Hmm. So in, in the book, when you say where you, where you got this from, what do they discuss about this? Is it, is it more so an awareness um, statement? Or are there some tools that we should maybe discuss to equip our listeners with to learn how to complain to the right person? And maybe let's not use the word complain because that's such a negative context, but, um, you know, communicate yeah. with the right yeah, person. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. If you don't do anything about it, it will continue to be a negative situation. But the thing is, successful people, what they do is instead of being reactive, they are proactive. So they are going to create their reality. They're going to create their desired reality. And so what they're going to do is step up and speak to the people who need to be spoken to about the way that they're feeling. Because here's the other thing. A lot of times, People don't realize what they're doing and how it affects other people. My, you know, going into the example of, you know, having a horrible manager, maybe they don't know that they're coming across this way. They think they're doing everything in their best interest, but in everyone's best interest, but maybe they themselves aren't aware. So by talking to them, not only are you helping them, you're helping yourself and you're strengthening the, the solution. And I think so many times we live out of fear but if someone comes up to you, Kyle, and says, hey, Kyle, like, you know, we've been friends for a long time. There's just been a couple of things bothering me. Can we have a heart to heart or can we go for a walk or, or whatever, you know? And, and I explain to you what I'm feeling, where I'm coming from. That is going to strengthen our relationship. That's going to make no, us stronger. I'm just going to tell you, quit being a little bitch and accept it. Dang, well, <laughs> <I'm> just... <laughs> but, but yeah, it, no, I'm I'm glad you said that because that is the fear yeah, that I think everyone has. If I talk to Kyle about our friendship and how uh, something he's doing is making me feel a certain way, he's going to do that. He's going to call me out or he's going to – our friendship's going to fall apart, whatever. We always imagine the worst-case scenario, and I think that's what we do in this situation. It's the few uh, – the 3% of the population who is proactive with their life – they're the ones who are going to do something about it. They're the ones who walk into every situation and say, I'm not going to complain. How can I make this better? Mm-hmm. And I think we take a look at it like the you'd mentioned fear, right? And then whether it be with friendships or professional relationships, if it's your boss, that's you You may fear retaliation. I think a successful person or a person with a, with a growth mindset will go into that conversation and they may recognize all the potential ramifications and potential risk factors, but they also recognize that the current situation is so unhealthy that it requires this action. And if that action uh, on their on their part uh, elicits a, a negative reaction from said individual, then they're ready to wash their hands with it and move on. 
and how do you, I guess it's a two-parter one, how do, how do you recognize that you have fallen into that role where all you're doing is complaining and two, it, the opposite. How do you tell someone, look, y- you complain about this all the time. Maybe it's time you do something about it. Mm-hmm. Good question. Uh, so for the first one, I would say the, the, the first answer that comes to me is what we discuss before every podcast. So we've talked about this before, and we especially talk about it when we have guests. And I really love when we have guests. This is my favorite part about when we have a guest on the podcast is what we do before. And we talk about our highlights for the week, right? Yeah. Um, and it stumps everyone. You know, every week I'm like, okay, shit, what, what have I done the past couple of weeks? You know, I have to like regroup myself take a look at my calendar sometimes and try to remind myself, what the fuck did I do? Um, It's a reminder for me that so often we don't seek the positive in our lives that we just seek the negative. So I would say an exercise that could be done to recognize that is uh, if you come home to a significant other, family member, friend, cat, dog, whatever that is, um, think about what your what your first topic of conversation is. Think about what naturally comes to you, and then do this exercise. Think about what your highlights were from the past week or past two weeks. And if those two things don't align, then you're complaining to the wrong person. Mm-hmm. You're coming back and you're just bringing uh, negative energy, negative mindset, negative thoughts, negative conversation uh, topics. And uh, the, the, the individual that you're talking to, especially if it's a cat or a dog, can't do anything about it. <laughs> so, so that's one way, I think, to recognize that. And then what was the second part of the, the question again? So one of the things is, when do you know it's the right time to tell someone that they need to man up? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And how do you do it? Yeah. So if they've been complaining about something for a long time, yeah, and it's um, tough. I've lost friendships over this. You know, when I, you know, back in the old days before I knew, you know, kind of had a, before I learned that people like to just complain just to get stuff off their chest. Um, <laughs> a friend of mine was seeing this guy who, she was the side piece, and he kept he would tell her exactly what she wanted to hear, <laughs> and she would come over, and then as soon as she would leave, you know, like he's like, you know, he's just playing her like. It was plainly obvious. And so one time I actually told her that I was like, look, you, you keep saying that he keeps telling you things are going to change, but yet they're not, you know, what are you doing? You got to get yourself out of the situation. She stopped talking to me because she didn't want to hear that. Even though she knew it, she didn't want to hear it. (laughs) Oh man. She didn't want to be saved. Rohit. Yeah. Did I tell you my nickname back in college? No. (laughs) Captain Save a Ho. I was gonna guess that as a joke, <laughs> but it makes sense from the from the what you just told me, the story you just told me. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. So how do you, you know, if Emily comes up to you and every week it's or every couple of days it's the same thing, when do you tell her? Look, like I love you, but you got to do something about it because it's not helping either of us. You know the the situation that you're in. Yeah. 
you know, it's tough. I think you just have to have that conversation over and over and over and over and over again. And you just have to accept it. I think that's what love and marriage is all about. It's just accepting that people complain and you have to tell them they have to do something about it. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of ways. Seriously, there's a lot of ways you can take it, right? I mean, you can, you can, there's gentle nudges, you know, where you can just kind of engage in the conversation, carry the conversation on and ask questions, you know. What do you think you could have done differently? What do you think you can do about it? Is there anything that you can do about it? Yeah. Oh, well, what? You know, um, and kind of lead lead the horse to water, if you will, right? Um, I think people need to recognize things on their own a lot of times. I know that's how I learn uh, a lot. People can tell me things, and I may be hard-headed and not necessarily listen to it, but if I figure it out, for myself, or even if I have the illusion that I figured it out for myself, um, it's a much better learning experience for me. So I think that's important. Uh, and then I think, secondly, what's probably even more important, how that conversation is had, I think uh, personality traits is very important there. So when we take a look at, you know, the four personality traits, personality matrix that we've discussed in past episodes, um, once you understand the kind of person that you're dealing with, you can understand what they'll react to, right? A lion is going to react differently than a koala. A lion may need to be slapped in the face and say, hey, you've said this six times in the past three weeks. You haven't done anything about it. When are you going to do something? Not everybody's Kobe Bryant. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, want, he wants that slap in the face. He'll take that that energy and do something about it. He won't. He welcomes the challenge. And not everyone feels the same way. Okay, I've got a question for you. Why is it that you you talked about one of your favorite highlights of this podcast is when we have guests on and we do the the highlights for the past two weeks, and people are always stumped. But I, and and we should do this as an experiment next time um, we have a guest. Let's start off with the opposite. Cause we know when we say, okay, we talk about highlights, <laughs> we know that it takes people a while to think of something, right? But if we say, okay, we're good, you know, we're here to kind of help each other and, and hold each other accountable. What are some low lights from the past week? And I bet you people will have a much easier time coming up with that than the highlights. Why do you think that is? Oh man, we're innately negative, right? I think it goes back to what we discussed, um, when Zach was on and, um, how how he took a look at the qualities that he wanted to possess, right? And, and in order to do that, he had to look at the qualities that he did not want to possess. So you recognize how easy it was to gravitate towards negativity. So he saw things that he disliked and said, you know what? I do not want to embody those traits. Now this is what I do want to embody. So he used the negativity as a tool and we can do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I think people... It goes back to experience as well. I think we've talked about it before. Costco versus Nordstrom. Nordstrom here in the Northwest. Um, you have a much lower expectation of your experience at a Costco that you do at a Nordstrom. So Costco needs to do less to impress you. But they also have to do a horrible, horrible, horrible job to make you want to complain. Mm. So I think it kind of goes into... Uh, what your expectations are as well. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, I like it. 
let's do it. It'll get the juices flowing. It'll provide perspective as well. Yeah. Mm, I like that. Oh, yeah. This has been an interesting episode. A, yeah. a little, a little going back and forth and kind of took us a while to, to get our footing. But, uh, once we did, you know, it's, it's interesting how people react in certain situations and what they feel about when it comes to complaining and how easily we do it without even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And it's almost like, like a, a bonding way in, in a strange kind of way. You know, if, if you and I get together and we're complaining about the same people, it bonds us. It brings <laughs> together at the expense of someone else. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. <laughs> try to try to figure that one out. <laughs> that's, that's probably why coworkers uh, band together so much in those in those complaints, right? And they just continue to build frustration, anger, resentment. You name it, right? Because they just surround themselves with the same the same thoughts, feelings. Yeah, crazy, crazy stuff. Well, shoot, man. What do you think? Should we wrap? This is a wrap. Let's do it. R-A-P or W-R-A-P? W-R-A-P. Wrap it up, B. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thanks again for tuning in to the GYST podcast, Get Your Shit Together podcast. This week's episode was about a topic that Rohit pulled from Jack Canfield's – Jack Canfield, right? Yep, Jack Canfield. Yeah. Jack Canfield's success principles. Uh, and really, we just took this statement, you're complaining to the wrong person. And we just went, we went around and talked about it. And and we wanted to think about that, right? You know, we talk about people needed an outlet, but also recognizing that sometimes if all you're looking for is an outlet, then maybe you want to continue to be a victim and you need to take a look at yourself and figure out how you can address those issues, those concerns. Is it just insight that we want or a second opinion and we really want to have a discussion? Uh, or is it because we fear the confrontation and we're not ready to bring this to the right person who can do something about it? Because then we know that we're being accountable and we fear that accountability. Think about those things as you go in to this topic. Listen to it a couple times if you like and, and do some of the exercises that we mentioned throughout this. And we know you're going to come out on top. So once again, thanks for tuning in this week to the GYSE podcast. Get your shit together and we'll see you back next week. Thanks everyone for listening to our GYST podcast. We hope you learned how to get your together. 